the Chinese year of the Eastern Bluff. Happy New Year and welcome back to a brand new show. And how does that work then, Jimmy? Well, this is the very first episode of Talking Istan Bullocks, formerly known as Black Milkshake. And I'm your Makirko and he's... Ray Mack. We're sitting, as usual, back to normal, back to basics, in our local juicer, James Joyce Irish Pub, Istanbul. And we're waiting to start uh, with some new features and all our old favourites. And remember, you can also find some of our old Black Milkshake episodes on Grey Rail... Uh, on Grow Radio UK, some of the biggest selection of podcasts around the clock. Yeah, and if you can't find it on Grow Radio UK, you can always find it on Grey Radio UK. <laughs> uh, this week's show puts the all into Madeleine Albright, and what a cracker we have for you today. Uh, Morgan Friedman reads an original poem about how romance and nostalgia isn't quite what it used to be. And we've got through or false Donald Trump doing... An exclusive interview, talking indictments and talking dogs. And the brand new 2024 feature, Kiss and Tell, where you tell us your first date stories and we decide if it's in his kiss or you're taking the piss. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> That's going to be gas, actually. Yeah. Yeah. New Year, Jimmy, and a groovy new name. Any resolutions out there, Jimster? Um, I think not a huge one for resolutions, really, but just to make sure that I'm organised and I get everything that I need to do in place and um, try to try to do everything with a smile on my face, I think, whilst trying to juggle everything. What about you, Ray? Uh, same old, same. Mm-hmm. Drinking. <laughs> Back to the grey wrath. Mm-hmm. Out as much as I can. Yeah, I'm trying to keep up with you. Yeah, well, you'll have to do that, won't you? Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, talking resolutions, of course, there's there's one thing that I've resolved never to do, and uh, that is online dating. Maybe you've tried it at home, but I don't think it's anything that I would ever do, especially after we got this latest poem in from Morgan. Here it is, Shakers. Absolutely love this. Over New Year. I was doing some work in Houston, Texas, and spent some time in coffee shops and bars, just people watching. A great pleasure of mine that has helped me understand the human condition in my long life. I noticed how everybody has a smartphone, and conversation just doesn't seem to be what it was. I felt a tinge of sadness that friendships and relationships just don't develop organically. And I started to think about being a nervous young man, desperately trying to find Miss Wright, and lamented that it's just not like that anymore. So, I was inspired to pen this sad lament, entitled, Swipe Left For No, by Morgan Friedman. Young hearts once met by fortuitous chance, that either turned to failure or lifelong romance. Pairs of eyes locked, a moment two souls share where hopes and dreams emerge, if they dare. Across a crowded room, a wink or a blush. Nerves jangled, take it slow or do I rush? Words are garbled for fear of rebuff. If I act myself, will it ever be enough? But now it's all changed. 
No more brushes with fate. Today we all go online. If we want a date, swipe left for no. For yes, it's the right you click. No more stilted stumbling. Just a picture of a dick. Tinder is the home for the lonely and depraved. Airbrushed faces, Botox, and genitals all shaved. Where's the honesty, the sincerity, the social skills? I wonder do weirdos and perverts have conversations still? But the world is changing, for better or for worse. So I scroll through Hey Cupid as I write this little verse. Hey baby, looking for a hookup? Call me tonight. This one has her own place. She might be all right. I'm a discerning guy. I don't have time to waste. Buxom divorcees, no strings. That's my special taste. My oh my, Michelle, the self-styled MILF from Texas. Play it right, and she might just give me breakfast. <laughs> well, Jimmy. <laughs> if I may say so, Jimmy, it's all down to playing it right. No yeah. strings, pal. <laughs> yeah. Morgan Friedman, Jimmy. Tinder is the name where the lonely and depraved. <laughs> Buttocks and genitals all shaved. Where's the honesty? Where's the honesty? Sincerity. They got all social skills, pal. I wonder. Do weirdos and perverts have conversation still? <laughs> it's lovely, that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it does make you think a bit, though, doesn't it? I mean, uh, yeah. you know, Ray, you've had a girlfriend or two uh, over the years, and um, and you know, to Jimmy as we and, you, and, and you've gone and like, like trash. You've done all that, <laughs> you know. I, I'm I'm married. Married before that, of course. We played the dating game to to various things, but I'd, I'd never done that, Ray. Have you? No, no, no. I would need that crack, Jimmy. Oh, Just it, love, love me tender. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> love me Just, tender. I know it seems to work for a lot of people, but I mean, I, people seem to fall for somebody that they meet online, and I want to know, you know, if they kind of. Um, Walk with a squint and, you know, talk with a limp and things like that. I mean, you want to know exactly what the person is like, don't you? You want to know how they how they are when you're not talking, you know, when they're looking off into the distance or just the little habits that they have and things like that. And what we used to have to do was go up and talk to people. That... Yeah, well, it'd be good old days. Yeah, I have a few friends who do it. Uh, they'd be telling me I'm not going to mention anybody. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that would be terrible thing to do yeah it would yeah I, Gary would be very disappointed if he thought we said his name <laughs> but you know they were telling me like it comes up just three miles away or two miles away or just five minutes away you got yourself a bit of a how is your father a bit of a, a leg over you know and mm-hmm. off, off he goes mm-hmm. finishing off the points <laughs> I'll see you later I'll see you later Raymond <laughs> And go over a bit of jiggy jiggy. I always yell, "Father, you know what I mean." But I mean, I mean that kind of makes sense, you know. I, I remember when I first moved to Germany years ago, and shop, shops used to close at one o'clock on Saturday, and I thought, "Ah, oh, well, I've missed that." On my first weekend there, I'll go to a petrol station and I'll see if I can get some food. 
Well, there was absolutely nothing in the petrol station apart from tow ropes and oil and things like that. Stacks and stacks of beer and crisps and contact magazines. And these contact magazines, people just used to buy them, you know, and arrange all kinds of weird hookups with people. And I mean, that, that always seemed a bit bizarre for me, but it was understood what it was. You know, it was you were meeting somebody for an hour maximum. <laughs> and uh, but it, it wasn't for finding true love, you know, um, whereas today, yeah, yeah, you know, your mate, he goes and does that. He finishes his pint and he knows he knows what he's getting. Yeah, but it's all down to technology, Jimmy, as well. Like, when you think about it, like, in back in our day, like, you know, I'm not saying that we're that old or anything, but I'm only saying back in the day, I mean, we worked hard, you know, and uh, we were kind of romantic, and we worked hard for the all right, didn't we? Full-time job, right? Full-time job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of charm. Oh, I mean, a lot. I think, <laughs> I think that's the point. You you needed to you didn't need to bullshit, but you were you were just good at that. Um, <laughs> but oh. it, it was at you. Uh, it was about charm. It was about your your uh, your social skills with somebody. And I mean, you know, these contact magazines. That's what Tinder is. It's the same thing online. But I just I don't know. I couldn't think. Oh, I'm going to find a a life partner. Man, you. I've never gone into any situation thinking that this is. I'm going to look for a life partner. That's a bit weird. But, you know, I want a girlfriend from something that I do with my mobile phone. It's a bit odd, but, you know, um, if you disagree, let us know. We're, we will stand in our corner of wrongness. Um, I'd be more wrong. We will. And we could even, you could even tell us something about it for uh, Kiss and Tell, which is going to come up later. Each to their own, Jimmy. God bless. Absolutely. Absolutely. I may not agree with what you say, but I will defend your right to say it, as they say. <laughs> um, so, anyway, should we go and do true or false, Ray? Before we upset too many people here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go over right now. Right. <laughs> Celebrity. Brendan Gleeson was a piano teacher for 10 plus years in a secondary school in Dublin before becoming an actor. Brendan Gleeson. Mm. Uh, I didn't know about a piano teacher, but I, I think I did read that he was a teacher at some point. Uh, huh, difficult one. I mean, on the one hand, you'd think, well, if he was a teacher... Drama, music, there's a connection there. On the other hand, um, you'd think that Brendan Gleeson had big sausage fingers, wouldn't you? <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> he, 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 looks, he looks like the kind of guy who's got very, very sausagey fingers. Yeah, do you think they're all on his hand? All his fingers are on his sausage. Uh, all his fingers are on his... <laughs> I, I don't know where Brendan Gleeson puts his fingers, I tell you. <laughs> He lost a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> the bad cheese, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bloody hell, yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. Oh! Aha! Uh, was it him in the Banshees who played the fiddle, or was it the other fella? 
Yeah, he, yeah, he was the one who played the fiddle. Okay, so he's musical. Yeah. I'm going to go for true then. Ah, are you serious though? Yeah. Oh, okay, good lad. It's false. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, one thing you're right about, he, very educated guy, actually. He taught Irish, English, and physical education in secondary school in Dublin, okay. uh, Jimmy. And uh, I was right about the teacher thing. Yeah, you were right about the teacher thing. Uh, secondary school, like I said, uh, Jimmy. And our Brendan is a pivotal fiddle player. Mm-hmm. He is, so he is, and can be seen playing it in Michael Collins, 96, Cold Mountain in 2003, and also in the Banshees of Inisherin, oh. uh, 2022, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he also even played with the famous Irish traditional band, Jimmy, the Chieftains. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. I, I got a bit confused then for a minute when you said uh, Michael Collins, 1996, because <laughs> I, I was just thinking, well, not was that the name of it, but um, there was a film, wasn't there, maybe 10 years before, called The Treaty, yeah, um, where, where Gleeson actually played Michael Collins. A very different kind of film to the one with, um, with our friend Liam in it, but uh, yeah, he, he was actually in both films, wasn't he? A lot of movies actually under his belt in Bruges. Mm. Uh, that's where he he's, he he was with Colin uh, Farrell and that, and actually they got back together again in Banshees of Inish. Yeah, uh, Sharon. Yeah, and uh, the movie Calvary, Alastair Mad Eye Moody in the Harry Potter series. I've the general I've never TV. seen them. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. seen that. That was the one about the, uh, what was he called? Was he called Martin Kyle or something? He was indeed, yeah. And alongside DiCaprio in Gangs of New York, worked with Spielberg in the war film, Saving Private Ryan. Mm. Oh, he's got a good, a good uh, filmography. He's a brave part as well, yeah. And in Snatch, yeah. Actually, it was a collaboration with Guy Ritchie in Snatch. A uh, bit of useless information. Is it really? Some piece of work. Incredible actor, Jimmy. Yes. Yeah. He is, yeah, he's brilliant, actually. Brilliant. So, I yeah, kind of nearly got that right. Have we got any more? Well, actually, yeah, we got one more. Because from a great actor <laughs> to a lady that we mentioned uh, last year, near the end of the year in our cool special. Was it, Cardi- was it Mrs. O'Leary? No, it wasn't Mrs. O'Leary. <laughs> RDB. Oh, the one who was rapping about her anus or something. <laughs> <laughs> she was rapping about her fanny. Oh, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Cardi B's real name is Cardigan Banback Yardigan. <laughs> I've no idea who she is, uh, but nobody is called Cardigan, and they're certainly not called Bareback Yardigan. Back yeah, pretty true. <laughs> <laughs> well, so mad it almost has to be true, but almost no. It's off. Okay. <laughs> All right. Into your corner of wrongness and be more wrong. Born <laughs> Belcalis Marlinus Almanzar. Well, it's easy for you to say. <laughs> to a Dominican father and right. Trinidadian mother. The Bronx American rapper Jimmy got her moniker, her uh, nickname, 
after going by Bacardi. Yes, Jimmy, like... Oh, I see. Yeah. Now, mm, Bacardi, Belcalis, Bacardi B. How interesting. Mm-hmm. And the drink thing, Jimmy, didn't stop right there. Cardi B's younger sister, Jimmy, Hennessy, Carolina. Hennessy. Yeah, I like the uh, <laughs> brandy. But I've got to be careful now when I say Irish brandy, Jimmy, because Hennessy Cognac was founded in Cognac, French. France. Yep. Yeah, by, uh, but by Cork Onion Richard mm-hmm. Hennessy. No, I don't have the old um, Wikipedia beside me. But uh, it, it, it's known as a, I mean, it's an Irish name, isn't it? But it's known as a French. Um, cognac is uh, brandy, isn't it? Yeah, but Jimmy, you think about it. Hennessy, Carolina and <laughs> Cardi B. <laughs> very inspiring shakers. Now, let's get back. <laughs> let's get back to the Bicardi one, Jimmy. Go on, <laughs> Speaking about Bicardi and uh, uh, all the ones. Rums. Cheers, by the way. Happy New Year, Jimmy. Cheers. Happy New Year. <laughs> See... She first became famous through Instagram, documented right. her colourful life as a stripper. Now, Jimmy, not a paint stripper. I was going to ask. I was going to ask. <laughs> and she gained fame. Turpentine um, B. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she gained her fame among her fans for her complete honesty and blunt attitude to life. A little bit like us, Jimmy. Mm. Best known for her tits. Sorry, sorry. Best known for her hits. I like it. <laughs> Bodak Yellow and mm-hmm. Wah. Now, by her music career, Jimmy, she's mega rich because of her investment in real estate, launching business ventures with Fashion Nova and Steve Madden, making endorsements with brands like Pepsi and Reebok. She's not my cup of tea, Jimmy, but the breast of a bad bunch. Okay. It all it's done and dusted. <laughs> I had never heard of it before you mentioned her on the show, and I thought, wow, that's an original joke, isn't it? And then somebody somebody sent it me that they got it off Twitter, which means that somebody had sent it to you. Terry, <laughs> on the last note, first plastic surgery when she was 19, her butt right, implants could have literally killed her, Jimmy. The rapper paid $800 to get her buttocks illegally injected with silicone. And it what? came with some nasty side effects. Seriously, it was the craziest pain ever, she said. I felt like I was going to pass out. I felt a little dizzy. And it leaks. It leaks for like five days, Jimmy. Oh, God. What I want to know is... Right, I know why we do some things illegally, or why some people do some things illegally. There's often a bit of, you know, cost-cutting perhaps, or corner-cutting even. But, I mean, why would anybody have their arse injected (laughs) illegally? Because I wouldn't want anybody to do anything with my arse legally or illegally. But if I had to, if I had to have arse surgery, I'd make damn sure it was somebody who knew what they were doing in the world of arses. People uses parts of their arse for facial. I beg your pardon. What? 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 <laughs> People use parts of their arse for facial operations. Yeah, <laughs> there's good, there's good, uh, healthy, glowing skin there. They reckon. So they take a slice of arse, and what do they do? 
Use it as an eyebrow or something. <laughs> Seriously, sticking feathers up your rectum doesn't make you a chicken. <laughs> it doesn't. And I think a lot of people would be well-minded to think about that one next time they try it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, enough of her. Stop making a cock of yourself, Ray. <laughs> you asked for it, man. <laughs> okay. Now, if you've listened to us for the last couple of years, <laughs> amazing to say that actually, but if you've listened to us for the last couple of years, you'll know that we have a few regular contacts who help us out with stuff. And Declan and Mowgli at Hackett Technologies are usually really good for a bit of um, dubiously sourced audio. Now, obviously, we're not Cardi B, we don't dubiously source ours products, but it's Cuts the red tape, you know. Mm-hmm, dubious. I, I like that word. And they've been sending us secret audio for a while of Donald Trump and his talking dog, Chris, as well, as putting us in touch with all the big, big names in late night Norwegian cable TV. Yeah, I mean, some of them are really big names. Some of them have 12 letters, you know. So, what could be better in the year of the US presidential election? than exclusive footage of Republican presidential hopeful Donald G. Trump, who's telling a lovely Norwegian girl, who can't be named for legal reasons, precisely how a dog works. Mr. Trump, you're facing an election subversion case after being indicted over accusations that you attempted to overturn the results of the 2020 election. What do you say to Americans thinking of choosing their next president? I don't care. It doesn't matter. I want to talk about my dog, Chris. We just gave him a medal and a plaque. And let me tell you, Chris knew exactly what was happening at the White House. He's the ultimate fighter, the ultimate everything, the ultimate in sniffing drugs, Mexican drugs, the most dangerous kind. Incredible story. The dog jumped on the hood, opened the hood, and found those undetectable drugs. What do you think alerted the dog to the drugs? Psychic abilities, being very smart, or even collusion with drug dealers, and who knows, maybe aliens are involved. But you know, I know dogs. They're smart, and they can do things that machines could only dream of. Believe me, I'm an expert on this. Mr. Trump, can you share how you first met Chris? It was a beautiful meeting of minds, tremendous meeting. After the incredible raid where he helped track down ISIS leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, Chris was injured during the mission, but his bravery was unmatched. They said he was a girl. They called him a bitch, which is very disrespectful, very bad. But in the hospital, he told me he identified as a male. He told you, you mean that Chris talks? Chris is not just a dog. He's a symbol of our strength and victory against terrorism. I awarded him a medal and a plaque. He looked me straight in the eyes and Chris is a smart dog. He knew he was receiving something special from the greatest president ever. I've dealt with many dogs, and Chris is top tier. Any plans for future meetings or collaborations with Chris? Well, we'll see. He's proven himself as a valuable asset, and I appreciate his service to our great country. What made you think you'd met a truly heroic dog? It was like a scene out of a great novel. Chris and I started bonding. He had this exceptional insight, the greatest. And I thought, why not put that to good use? So I enlisted Chris to handle my emails. The liars, looters, losers, crooks, and creeps. 
They doubted Chris, doubted me. They said it couldn't happen. Could you elaborate? Absolutely. As time went on, I observed Chris's incredible leadership potential. He was more than just a dog who could read emails. Lots of dogs can do that. Not a big deal, but I had to be cautious. The haters wouldn't believe we had a dog in such a crucial position. Because you are a talking with a dog, yes. Like a natural-born leader, Chris brought a unique perspective to the table. His ability to sniff out issues before they became problems was unparalleled. It was like having a chief of staff with a canine sixth sense. How has Chris adapted to his role as chief of staff? Oh, you know how it is. The fake news media loves to spin stories. But Chris is breaking barriers. He's doing an incredible job, and the results speak for themselves. The haters will hate, but we're making America great. Was Chris in any way complicit in moving declassified documents to Mar-a-Lago? Let me tell you, Chris is not just a dog. He's a confidant, a strategist, and a true patriot. Chris knows a lot of people, the best people. His people said there was nothing illegal. I was there and I took what I took. And it gets declassified, and I believe him. Nothing but fake news. It's said that Chris is close to the discredited Dr. Brutus Himmler. Rumors are abound that they plan to help you escape to his secret tropical island to evade justice. Fake news. I don't know Brutus. Never heard of him. I've never been to the Philippines. Never will. But in dog we trust. <laughs> Mr. Trump? Or Mr. 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 Trump? <laughs> they called him a bitch. I told you very bad. But in the hospital, uh, he told me he had he identified as a male. Well, <laughs> why not? Why not? And that is the Chris that we all know and love from uh, the Desert Island sketches, I believe. Um, if this is your first time listening to us, if you enjoyed that, if you go on the YouTube channel, uh, Talking Istanbul, we have a few sketches of uh, Donald and Chris. And Chris is a bit of a card, isn't he? Yeah, he's a deal. But seriously, all in all, make no bones about it. Our kiss, sorry, Chris, is the dog's bollocks. He really is. He really, really is. Anyway, you, you know said our our kiss, but uh, on that point, why don't we move over to... Move over, I don't know why I always say move over to... Was, we're sitting Slide here. over. We, don't, we could do that, but we're still sitting in the same place, aren't we? Let's, yeah. let's go to our new feature, Kiss uh, and Tell. Are you taking a piss? Got a nice letter in here. You listening carefully, right? I am indeed. All eyes on you, Jimmy, and I'm all ears. Go on, go for it. Okay. So what what we have to do is we have to judge really if we think that this is a, you know, are they boyfriend and girlfriend material? It doesn't need to be boyfriend and girlfriend. It could be, you know, any combination of genders that you like, but are they compatible? That's really what we mean. So here we go. Um, Dear Yorma and Ray, Brian from Spalding writes, Dear Yorma and Ray, I went on a date recently that's a bit embarrassing. I was at B&Q last week buying some gloves, safety goggles and industrial disinfectants, etc. When I saw this gorgeous blonde in the checkout queue, she smiled at me and looked at my purchases and then I grinned back and flirtily said, Don't worry, I've not murdered my wife. Oh, we did laugh. (laughs) Anyway, to cut a long story short, we chatted in the car park 
and agreed to meet the following day at Pizza Hut. So I went home to clean up all the mess in the basement and I was on a bit of a high and turned up the next day at Pizza Hut at the designated time. Now I soon recognised her 2018 registered red Nissan Micra and as she got out I realised that I couldn't remember her name. Oh, the embarrassment, Brian writes. So I thought on my feet and asked if she wanted to go for a coffee first after giving her a friendly peck on the cheek. Now, I knew that there was a Starbucks next to the Pizza Hut, so I thought to myself, maybe I can get her to pay for the coffee. So then she asked to give her name to the barista, and I could listen to it or read it off her cups. So, we go in, and I pretend to fumble for my wallet. Oops, left it in the car. Mind grabbing the orders, I say to the lovely lady pretending to search through my empty pockets. Now, she was a good sport. She placed the order confidently whilst I discreetly eyed her name on the till. And I was so proud of myself for my ingenuity in getting out of this embarrassing mess. I'd also blown away by her ample cleavage that it wasn't until the end of the date, when we agreed to go for a walk in the park at the weekend, that I realised I'd forgotten her name again. I know it began with an M, so when we swapped numbers, I just entered her... Sorry. I just entered her in my phone as M and pretended to type in other letters. Um, Is it too early to give her a nickname like shortbread or sugar tits? Or do you think I should come clean and tell her the truth? I'd very much like to see her again as she's just my type. Thanks, Brian in Spalding. What do we think, Ray? I mean... I mean, I, Brian, Brian's a bit. Brian's a big fan of the show. Big fan of the show. I think I'm going to go for. Um, let, let, let's just recap a little. I don't know. I'm, uh, you think it's I in his case? Yeah, I think actually one or two slightly weird details there. I mean, what on earth was he doing with the goggles and the gloves and the, down in the basement and stuff? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> an industrial disinfectant. Um, yeah, but our our Brian. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to go. You know, I've not been against serial killers, but would we? Would you want your tots to marry one? No, <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know though. He seems to. He seems to quite like her though, doesn't he? But uh, mind you, you know, I, I'm just trying to imagine what the date was like. I mean, he's obviously a, a sneaky devil. He, he said he left his his um, wallet in the car. Okay, clever. I could imagine you doing that one, Ray. Uh, except you don't drive. Um, but he's, uh, like, he's got a, he's got a terrible memory, and mm. serial killers usually would have a great memory. Well, that's true. So that's true. So probably he wasn't even killing anybody at all. Um, but Ooh. yeah, it, is it polite to look down a lady's top on a first date? What's it is? Well, okay then. Uh, so is it in his kiss? Is this one destined to? End in the marriage made in Devon, or he taking the piss? What I reckon, Ray? It is kiss. You think it's in his kiss? Yeah. Okay, Brian, you have our approval. We think this is a relationship that, that has it has legs. Just please, please, please find out what her name is and uh, probably avoid the uh, the sugar tits um, nickname because, in my experience. Uh, ladies don't like that one very much. Uh, I, I think that. Uh, yeah. 
The name Sugar Tits is absolutely gorgeous. I think it's a lovely name. Yeah, it, it, well, it's, it's a bit sweet in, in a way. And offensive as well. Deeply offensive and, and quite nice. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, all right. Thanks a lot for that, Brian. Um, if you want us to judge whether your relationship has legs or not, please write in uh, and uh, tell us a story about a first date. Also, you can send in a request for uh, a poem from Morgan Friedman. He'll read whatever you wish. Black Milkshake, best posts of the week. Jimmy, uh, before I start, what type of key do you use to open a caravan? My partner, Jimmy. What type of key do you open to? Do, do you use to open a caravan? Uh, absolutely no idea. A pie key. <laughs> you like that? Oh, God. <laughs> God, that, I like that, Jimmy. Yeah, I do. God, that, that, oh, I feel tired after that joke. I feel knackered. <laughs> You're laughing about it. <laughs> is, that, is that the post? Oh, that wasn't post of the week. Anyhow, our first post of the week for our first show of the new year comes in from Jacinta Carney from my hometown in Bellana and a massive friend of our show, Jimmy. Hi, Jacinta. Hi, Jacinta. Okay, sticking with the Pikey team, Jacinta Carney. Forty Pikeys or Gypsies, whichever uh, whichever is your preference, Shakers. Well, it doesn't matter. You can't call them either of those things anymore. So, well, this is talking Islam bollocks, my friend. Mm-hmm. Get away with it. <laughs> they arrived at Heaven's Gate, and Saint Peter said, "Look." We've only got room for 16, so please decide amongst yourself who is coming in. Five minutes later, St. Peter says to God, They've gone. They've gone. God says, What? Are you serious? All 40 of them. St. Peter says, No, the feckin' gates. The feckin' gates. <laughs> those, those pikeys, up to no good, pal. <laughs> Always a pikey. Love it, Jacinta Carney. <laughs> Listening to the show. Big up to Ballinau. Really? <laughs> Thanks for that. Okay, that's all, folks, for the first episode of Talking Istanbul. We'll be back next week with more of the same. Uh, if you want to drop us a line for Kiss and Tell or a post of the week, or a poem for Morgan Freeman, either join Black Milkshake on Facebook or send us an email at talkingistanbulics at gmail.com. And thanks a million for your support, Shakers. Please get involved. It's your show as much as it's ours. So do what you can. Send us emails. Tell your friends. Give us reviews on Apple and Spotify. But most of all, if you enjoyed this show, please share this link on your social media. We ask we ask every week, but really, please share this link on your social media and let the, let's get those poetry requests in for Morgan Friedman. You name the topic, he'll write it. Same email, uh, talkingistanbullocks at gmail.com. 
I really get used to that name. Tony Bullocks. Special thanks to Morgan Friedman, Donald G. Trump, Hacker Technologies in Cross Malina, Ireland. Norse TV, Mark E, our Chinese voiceover artist, and Eamon McAndrew. See you next week, Shakers. Good, good skills. Talking is Dan Bullock's comedy podcast was brought to you by Ray Mack and Yorma Kiriko and was produced by James Kirk. No animals or copyright were violated during the making of this podcast. Talking is Dan Bullock's 2024.